You're listening to The Conscious Capitalist. Welcome to the show. My name is Sydney Wayman. I'd like to welcome today a very special guest, Ms. Ruth Morrison. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Hey, Sydney. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I was about to uh, kind of like give a brief bio of Ruth, and she said it'd probably be better for her to do it because she has a relatively extensive background in business, in media, uh, all over the place. I met Ruth at Megaravis College. But, Ruth, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about yourself, uh, I, I'm familiar with what's the 411, so why don't you give us a, a brief uh, background on who Ruth Morrison is? Wow. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail because that probably take the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, I am the founder and executive producer of What's the 411, um, What's the 411 Networks, actually. And... As you know, we produce a weekly um, entertainment and lifestyle television show and also a sports news and commentary show, which is a lot of fun. Um, And what a lot of people don't know is that I started my career um, after college as a um, program. I was in the computer industry. Wow. Yeah. So that is the reason why I am a staunch supporter of STEM. Because, you know, from my point of view, at least from this point out, everything is going to be related to something, you know, regarding science, technology, engineering, and math. So, yeah. So, did you have any kind of political background or? Well, you know what, as a kid growing up, I um, worked on a number of um, political campaigns. So, I have had my hands. Um, involved in politics practically all my life. I worked for the city of New York. I worked for the mayor's office for telecommunications policy. And I also, that agency became the Department of Telecommunications and Energy. And and in that office, I developed from conception the city of New York's cable TV network, the five-channel network that is the city of New York's, which is now rebranded itself and it's now the um, New York City media. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> from an entrepreneurial standpoint, because I like to talk about making money and, you know, business and offer insights on entrepreneurship, that kind of thing. So <clears throat> you've been um have quite a bit of experience. Um if you were if you were like advising some folks now, um, would you say entrepreneurship is an option people should pursue. Um, what do you, how do you view the opportunities in in entrepreneurship, starting a business, that kind of thing? Do you see opportunities there, or is it better to go to get a degree, pursue a career, in corporate America or something? Or well, you know what, I I think I want to take a step back because what I tend to tell people because this is really what I believe is that. You should do whatever makes your heart sing, as long as it's legal, okay? Because <laughs> I'm not advocating anything illegal. Um, so, and as much as I enjoy entrepreneurship, I don't think it's for everybody. So I wouldn't say that that's what you should do. Um, 
you can try it, but it, being in business for yourself and creating a business, and particularly a business that you may want to scale, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of work. Sometimes you're working seven days a week for years um, before you can get to the point where you can um, bring in enough people to start delegating work that you would be normally doing um, so that you can have more time to yourself as well as more time to devote to other things, other parts of the business. Wow. So, so... That that's kind of <laughs> wow. So so why if it takes that much, why do you do it? I mean, what's the what's what's the high or rush from it? Or you know? Well seven it, days a week, years and years and years? It depends on the person and it depends on the business. It depends on what they're doing it for. Um, some people just can't work for other people. Um, not every business is um, one that you're going to have um, venture capitalists to invest in, and therefore you can be scaled up and, you know, making tens of millions and hundreds of millions so that you can get the investors to, you know, to, um, um, to get a return on their investment and you can go on and get other kinds of investors. Not every business is built that way. I mean, you see that in your neighborhood. You know, you have people who own stores, and the store may not be open every day of the week, but the other days of the week, they're probably doing something related to their business. Yeah, but So, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Um, because, you know, for, for some reason, I, I just thought you would be touting entrepreneurship as a way to go. Um, you know, knowing um, some of the work you've done um, in and around business and business development and market development, I, I thought you would have like would have just said, "Hey, you know, entrepreneurship is the way to go." Um, yeah, it might you know it might be some hard work, but um, the 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 end result is well worth it. But I mean, you've given a fairly honest assessment of of the option of entrepreneurship and how um, it's not for the faint at heart. So, um, yeah, you know what, I, I understand. I, I am a proponent of entrepreneurship, but I am being honest. It is not for everyone because it's really, it's, it's rough. So, so how would, how would, you know, what, 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 what should one, what does one have to consider or what? What qualities or something or what are the traits or something that you think a person would have to have um, to be an entrepreneur? Um, what are some of the th how, you know, if someone's, you know, on, the, on the sitting on the sideline trying to decide, you know, do I want to do this or not? You know, I just heard Ruth Morrison say that, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. How and, and it isn't. I think the best thing to do is to create a minimal viable product and see and test the waters to see if that will sell. You also need to do research. Not a lot of people take the time to do research, you know, in the beginning to know is there, you know, um, and, and, and creating that product actually is part of the research too so that you'll know who your market is. People create products every day of the week. 
and think that that product is for one particular market segment, and when that market segment doesn't buy, then they're, well, nobody wants my product. But that may not be true. You may just be selling it to the wrong demographic um, because you haven't taken the time to do any market research to figure out who is your primary you know, um, target market. A lot of um, businesses, and particularly within, um, and I, I'm going to back up because I always say particularly within, you know, the black community, but it's basically almost in all communities, people are undercapitalized. In um, all communities? Yes, in all, you know. All and, right. and see, and because of the fact that I float from community to community to community, I can see where people are struggling, they may not have the capital um, that you think they have. Um, but the one thing that happens is that some people, their credit may not be as good as it should be, so then they don't qualify for you know, other kinds of, um, if they're going out for loans, so they don't get those loans. Or there may be loans available for them even though they don't have good credit, but they don't know the organizations to go to, so therefore they can't get the investment in their businesses because they, you know, and, and the loan is not really an investment, but, you know, the right. financial backing that they need. Um, so people rush into starting companies without doing that kind of research in terms of who is going to be their target market, how they're going to get the money to sustain them, how much money do they need. They don't even take the time to do that, to figure out how much money am I going to need to sustain myself for, let's say, a year, all right? Um, maybe I should continue working and start this business, so at least I have that income coming in while I'm developing the product, while I'm testing the marketplace. So the point I'm making here is that why it becomes sometimes not for everybody, because everybody's not going to do the research that they need. They're not going to take the time to do, um, understand the market um, and what's necessary for them to sustain themselves. All right, so the capital issue <clears throat> is one that is near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe that the reason so many businesses, especially black businesses, fail is the lack of capital. Um, but... Um, I'm kind of I was surprised to hear you say that the lack of capital is an issue for most communities because um when I you know I look around it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue for many communities um as it is for 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 the black community. I mean it is an issue for for everyone I'm sure but you know I I've always felt that some of the other communities um had more options or whatever. But in many cases, they do have more options. I'm not saying that, you know, um, they don't have options. I mean, they do have options. Um, and, and also because sometimes they come better prepared for, you know, a financial institution to, you know, make a loan to them or for an angel to invest or a couple of angels to invest, um, depending on the product um, or the service that they're creating. Um, and there are some things that are available to, um, you know, people in the black community as well. 
but they're not taking the time to do the research to see where they can get the help to create the document that shows that, well, if you loan me this amount of money, I will be able to do X. Um, and, that, and that's, you know, what sometimes is what's missing. Because there are a number of organizations out there that will provide people with microloans so that, you know, you can kind of test to see where you're going and you don't get yourself in too much financial trouble. Um, but they don't take the time to research to see what's there. So, so one of the things we can definitely say is that <clears throat> you're a big proponent of research. Oh, absolutely. Starting from starting out, you know, before you even develop your product, research the product. Yeah, because how else are you going to know if this is something? I mean, because even if you create, if you create like I, as I said, a minimal viable product, okay, and um, to test the waters, you still have to do some kind of research to see um, if that's going to, you know, if that's something you should do. Maybe somebody else is doing it and doing it better and or doing it well. And you got to figure out, well, if I still want to do this, how can I do it better? Um, and even when you create that, as I'm saying, minimal viable product, and you're putting it out there, that is still part, that's market research still. You might make sales, but it's still market research. You're understanding how it's being accepted by the marketplace and what may, you might need to do to fine-tune it or maybe nothing. So research, research, research is a starting point, looking at your product, testing the market to see, first of all, is there a demand for your product, um, what competing products might be like, and then um, what you might do <clears throat> to um, assure that your product can survive in the marketplace. All right, so let's say I do all that, then what? Well, at that point, if you feel that, I mean, if you've done and you're um, looking at the results objectively, all right. Looking at the the results objectively. Right. And and all signals point that you should move forward. Then you move forward. And then but you will know how to move forward or what you need to do for, to move forward because you will you're doing you're looking at the analytics and you're paying attention to it and you know making decisions based on that. So you've you've had you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs had experience working with some entrepreneurs so and you and, and based on that experience you're saying most of these entrepreneurs didn't follow that that method they no they didn't and even the people that you see who may even have storefronts really didn't do that either they just you know decided well this you know um, product or service is not in this community and you know people buy this service other places so I'm sure they're gonna buy it here and you know they open up and start operating you know I mean let me just also give you another an example of um, something that happened to um, someone some years ago right here downtown Brooklyn um, they rented a space to have a kind of like a lounge if you will and it was doing pretty well. A bar lounge, right. liquor. Right. Uh, and um, then they were there for about maybe six months. And then the landlord told them they're going to have to move. Okay. And the reason why they had to move is because 
this community was being developed into an, um, a, a cultural space, if you will, becoming the art and culture district as, as we see now. But had they done some research, they would have known before they decided to take that location and pay that company money to be there. Because the, the company knew that that was going to happen. But they needed, you know, they took, somebody's going to willing to pay them, they'll pay. They'll take their money. But I, I guess, like, in that example, though, they had a lease? Yeah, but a lease in business is not the same as a residential lease. Because the city basically, you know, was taking the property for eminent domain. Or so. Oh, okay, okay, right. okay, okay. So, so when that happens, though, they were paid or something, right? So, like, they got back their deposit no, and security. This is a business lease, business, wow. and that's the other thing. People, business leases and residential leases are not the same. Uh. And a lot of people don't take the time. Another thing is to get a lawyer to look over all of their legal documents that they're going to need to sign for agreements with whomever. Mm -hmm. So that, I'm sure, was a lesson for them. Yeah, so did they ever reopen, or do you know? I don't know. Oh. You know, what's interesting, though, about that is that I don't see why a lounge couldn't, unless they were going to take the property and knock it down and rebuild yeah. something. Yeah, all okay. built that across. Across the street, there's a high-rise over there. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting, though, because you say the art district, and there are some art facilities around here, mm -hmm. but then around those art facilities, there are a lot of high-rises. Yeah, and, and, exactly. you know, residential mm -hmm. apartments and condos that have gone up, so it's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. <coughs> uh, that's kind of interesting. So, it so, also brings me to a point, because people will say, well, how would I know? Where am I going to get that information from? The community planning board knew because, you know, when things of that nature is going to happen in the community, they have to, you know, there's a presentation that is made before the community planning board and for the board to, you know, vote yes or no on various projects. So, mm. Wow. It's kind of interesting. I wonder how much money they they, they lost um, in that in It that really venture. doesn't matter because even if you lost five dollars you know I mean for some people I mean it doesn't really matter because beyond just losing that money now you've lost time okay and it can be a tremendous setback to be able to try to pick up and start over someplace else mm -hmm. so I mean so that's an example of someone who didn't do the research I mean but you kind of suggested though that in, in, in your experience too many of these, too many entrepreneurs don't do the research. I guess some, by the luck of the draw, succeed. Mm -hmm. But would you say most don't succeed? Or I won't say most don't succeed. And quite frankly, I really don't have, you know, I mean, that's not something I've actually, like, studied to be able to say that. Anecdotal right. would be good enough. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, it, it, we all can see that in terms of, well, people who have businesses, like, that we can see that's, you know, on um, you know on the street level, if you will, where you can see that the store is there and whether how long it stays. Yeah, but you know, that's kind of interesting because... <laughs> but there are also people who have businesses that you don't see, and you may not know whether or not they, how long they survive because you don't see them because of there may be a consultant to, you know, 
or whatever. Yeah, and you know, so I guess part of it though is like when you look in most black, if you were to look in most black communities and the businesses in most black communities, it wouldn't give you a fair representation of the relative success and merits of black businesses because there's so few black businesses in black communities. Well, I won't go that far either because, again, there are people who have businesses that you don't see because you can be a consultant and no one knows that you're a consultant. You know, they may wonder how come I don't see that person at the bus stop or heading to the train like everybody else, at, you know, um, heading somewhere for 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. But the fact of the matter is um, more and more people are working from home. Um, more and more people um, have, even though they may be working someplace, they may also have a digital business. And is that a business? Yeah, of course it is. If you're making money, you got a business. So, um, and um, I thought if if you were making something, if you were manufacturing something, you had a business. But well, yeah, I guess if you you're making you money, when you have a business, is when you are making a profit. So at the end of the day, that real, I mean, let me just back up because there's probably some people listening. Well, I didn't make a profit, but I still have a business, and they're right. But you're working towards that. I mean, that's the goal. I mean, when you're in business, is to you know, as far as the government is concerned, yeah, no, I guess you know what's what's been taking me aback over the past few years, though, is that <clears throat> you know, and, and you know, something I'm you know, I, I, something I, I was looking at, and I'm like, wow, that's deep. Was that all right? So you can actually start a business where you make stuff, like it could be T-shirt, mugs, you know, canvas bags, or whatever. Um, create a website. <clears throat> And um, basically select a manufacturer that basically does everything that happens in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you create your designs or whatever, put them up on a website, somebody places an order, you get the order, but the order also goes to the manufacturer. They make the the item, they ship it to the customer, um, and that whole process this manufacturer gets the payment in your name and then sends you the difference or whatever. So, you know, that's that's making money. Mm-hmm. That's a business. But sometimes I ask myself, is that a business? Or it, is that- it really is. I mean, if you're able to to pay your rent, pay your mortgage, pay your children's school fees, you know, school fees, um, if they're, you know, you have kids in school, um, you're using that money for something that's useful, and you're making a profit with that, yes, you do have a business. It's mm, interesting. But I guess... You know, people may consider that to be, depending on what your annual revenues are, a micro-business. Mm. It could be a small business. It could be a small to medium-sized business. I mean, people are making millions on the Internet with digital products as well as some products that they make and you know can sell. There are a lot of people who started out um, as, um, like, maybe jewelry designers or whatever, and have a, sh- a shop, if you will, quote-unquote. Yeah, but they're on, making on something. Etsy. But they're making something. Yeah, but you if know, I'm making a T-shirt and I have no, a No, you're not making a T-shirt. No, you, you create a design no, and right, put on a T-shirt. Right, so I made something. That is my creation, and de- you know, and as a result, um, depending on what it is, just like Nike, I could trademark it, all right? And I might make a lot more money selling that T-shirt than going some place to work nine to five every day yeah it's interesting and lots of people do 
No, I, I agree. I mean, it's a very interesting economy. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I don't know. I just wonder where it all fits. I mean, because when you look globally, let's let's look let's look in the future, right? Let's look globally where we are. Autom- automation is coming around. Automation is always here. All right, automation's here, and so there are some estimates that thirty, forty percent of the labor force won't be needed in the next, you know, ten or fifteen years due to automation. So you have like thirty, forty percent of the workforce. When you consider that the, um, when you consider that the participation rate is only about 60% or so, then we're saying after this automation thing kicks in, probably you know less than 50% of the population is going to be participating in the labor force. All right? So what happens with all that, right? And then, you know, how does this digital economy that you're talking about, you know, it's like let me create a design for a T-shirt and set up this. But that's, that's just only some of it. I mean, there are people who... Um, you know, um, beyond just having a T-shirt, there are lots of people who may have been, you know, like teachers or decided, no, I don't want to be a teacher, but, you know, in a classroom, whether it's K through 12 or even at the college level, um, they create their own training and they sell their training to other people. I mean, that's just another aspect of, the digital economy. Yeah, but, you know, what's interesting, I mean, you know, I'm trying to look it forward. I mean, you know, I might not be here, like, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. You know, hopefully I am, but I might not be. But I'm just trying, I'm trying, I'm curious to, to, to kind of, like, see what, what the world will be like, you know, given, like, artificial intelligence, given, right. you know, right. all this stuff. And, because Right, and, and that stuff is here right now. I mean, artificial intelligence is here, you know, um, you know, machine learning. I mean, all of those things are here right now, and people are taking advantage of those technologies right now. I was at a conference yesterday that Amazon, you know, had in Soho, and um, I didn't get a chance to um, stay for this segment, this um, you know, segment that they were doing. But it was focused on, you know, artificial intelligence and creating a product using artificial intelligence that you can sell to enterprises. So, which means you can sell to those, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 type companies. Um, I wish I could have stayed, but I know, you know, it's something that if I want to know, I can find the information that... Do your research. Exactly. <laughs> but and, see- th- and that's where I find, again, and, and, and mainly because I have had many people come to me and ask me, well, can you tell me how to do such and such or do can you do this and the stuff that they can do i mean i mean google <laughs> just google it or um go and look at, at a youtube video right. you'll, you'll find the answer right it's kind of interesting because um you know um but hold on a second i just want to make a point about um technology because you know i'm all about tech i mean that's Basically, I got my start, um, you know, from first job out of college. Um, but the thing is, even then, I mean, people are always talk in every generation. So it's going to put X number of people out of the workforce, which it will. But we have to develop an attitude of we can never stop learning. Uh, pay attention to what's going on around us because... Even though you may not be a technologist, think about it. 
Right now, there are a number of companies, okay, in terms of the digital technology, you're talking about the t-shirt class, if you will, and I'm not, you know, throwing shade at them because people are making money, and as long as they're making money and there's some usefulness for that money for them and their families, hey, it works for me and it's legal. But the fact of the matter is there are folks out there who are using the technology basically at the end of the day it's like solving the problem and that's what businesses are doing in effect solving the problem the old-fashioned hiring somebody to come and clean your house is basically has been people are using technology now to create companies like that so for instance you need somebody to come and you know hang up um, a new TV on your wall. You know, you don't have the tools to do it, you don't have the time to do it. You can go to Handy, handy.com and and schedule somebody to come in and do that. Right. Now, and so what are they? That's a digital company. They're not the owners of that company are not out cleaning somebody's home, cutting their lawns or hanging up TVs on their wall, but they are using the technology to hire people to schedule them to go out. Just like Uber, that's part of the digital um, economy. With people, you know, they're out there driving, but the people who created that company are using the technology to put people, you know, to have people employed, and they're making money. No, I, yeah, I agree. But, you know, I, I don't see that. I, I don't know. That's, I don't see that. All right, that's fine, right? I, my issue with technology is when technology is used to replace humans, right? I think it's great for technology to enhance the ability of humans. And and mm -hmm. so companies like Handy, like Tackle, like Home Advisor, right. they are all what enhancing done, right. a, the, the abilities of right. people because it's making it more efficient for them to find business. Right. People are calling them or they, get, they have an app on their phone and so-and-so is looking for... Um, someone to do um, put a new roof on their house, right? And now you say, you know, and then all of a sudden you need a new roof, and you let you know them home advisor know, and then all of a sudden you have like maybe five or seven people calling you, right? And that's what and that's, somebody's that's fine. Get that job. Right, and that's fine. I mean, you know, it replaces the yellow pages, right? Right. So, so it makes Where? things more efficient, right? Because. And, and, and I, right. Right. And that I makes don't the, like paper, so for me, right. the fact that there's no more yellow pages, it works right. for me. But see, that's an example of technology improving the human condition. Right. As, like, I hear that <laughs> I hear that they've created dolls, male and female, mm -hmm. that are supposedly fairly close replicas right, right. of humans. Right, right. They're anatomically correct. Right, humans. people are buying them for companionship. They're, no, you know, they're, no, they're sex dolls out is there. It, but no, right, no, no, and, that, and it's legal, and somebody's making money off of it. Yeah, that might be legal, and people might be making money from it, but I guess it comes down to a question of, I'm not going to say morality. No, but, but you don't get to tell someone what their business is going to I'm be not telling, if, no, it, but, if it's legal. No, so, but, but I guess, no, all right, look, I'm not, I'm not questioning the legality. Speaking, these of, are large corporations that, you know, have the ability to manufacture large-scale. But, Ruth, what, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is <laughs> what 
is the human condition Mm -hmm. if humans are opting to engage in relationships with dolls? I mean, non-human animated objects that are made to replicate a human being. Why not just have a relationship with a human being? Well, you know what? Um, I hear what you're saying. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> no, they making talk- money. No, we talked about this on What's the 411. I'm giving a plug for my show. Well, yeah, We've please talked- do. Was, right. that, no. was, was I on the show then? Because no, I used to you, be on the show, no. but I got dropped, kicked no, off. you weren't on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and this was fairly recently. We talked about it twice actually the dolls or right because it once it was like the first topic was about you know these men um japanese men with dolls um and but and then now it's come to america all right the fact of the matter is whether we like it or not there are people who just can't relate to other people as much as we would want them to they can't relate to other people so what's the hashtag for That's the a, dolls. I don't know. What's the hashtag? I don't know. I didn't follow it that much, that closely. But I understand, you know, in terms of human, we are not all alike. And there are some people, you know, there are people on your block probably who don't get along with people. But, you know, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So, that, so that's, a, again, somebody did the market research, and they came up with the fact that they can make this product because there are people out there that, can't get along with people, they're afraid of other people, you know, whatever the reason, and this will make money for them, and they decided to do it. You know what's interesting, right? So, um, like, years and years ago, I went to the movies, I saw this movie, right? Actually, did I see it in the movie? I probably didn't see it in the movie. I think I saw it at home. I didn't see it in the movie, but it, it was a blockbuster movie. But I saw it on home, right? And it was like a deep movie, right? So it's like um, somebody comes from the future, comes back from the future to try to kill someone because their son was going to be a leader of the humans against the, whatever they call them. The um, machines. I think the movie's called Terminator or something. But, you know, it's like, wow, great concept, great. But you know what? It's almost happened. I could see it happening, you know, particularly with machine learning, right? Um, I, I, I heard that they are developing um, machines that can program themselves and program themselves to learn and solve problems. Um, Your and- cell phone does that right now, okay? Um, and people talk to me about, you know, a couple of conversations about machine learning, but you'll see that right now in front of your face with your own cell phone. Because if you're going to text somebody a message and then all of a sudden it tells you um, certain words because these are words that you've used in some kind of combination, it is learning how you, you know, how you, I want to say speak, but how you're writing. And um, so when it sees that you generally have these group of words together, it's going to prompt you with the words that you normally have together. Your phone is learning as you yeah, go but along. But that's that's a little different. No, though. that Not, is part uh, of Ruth, machine learning. But that's learning. a little different. Right, it is machine learning, but it's kind of different from that that type of that use of machine learning and 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 you know that use of machine learning. I don't have a big problem with because it's not, you know. Now, see, I'll have a problem when I pick up my phone and then the text I was planning to send automatically appears going to the person I was expecting it to, to go to. 
if that phone, if that app ever happens, then it's that's when I'm ready to say it's over. All right. Well, we'll all be running away from that. But I mean, I, but that's where, but that seems to be where we're going. You know, it's like it's almost so. So, yeah. All right. So when I was growing up, you know, I didn't like people or whatever. People didn't like me. You know, I mean, that's part of the process of growing and learning. I think it's. I'm kind of concerned and upset that, you know, we're taking, oh, yeah, let them go buy a doll. Let her go buy a doll. Let him go buy a doll, you know, and let them live in doll world, mm-hmm. right? Because what what is the human experience if it doesn't include humans? I mean, even now, you know, you look at people that are just into video games. You look at, or, you know, you look at people now, they're just on, onto their phones Case or whatever. Case in point, because they they rather deal with, that machine, if you will, than to interact with people. And it's always been that way. We always knew as kids growing up that that person down at the corner and living in their house, they don't talk to anybody. They don't deal with people. But that's a problem. I mean, I don't know. I, I see that as a problem and an issue. We're humans. I know. And as humans, you know, we like to be social most of the time. But for some reason, they don't fit in or feel as though because people have made them feel to feel that they don't fit in. So sometimes it's not even something that is innate within them. It's just that part of the environment that they may have been growing up in where, you know, people have made them to feel that they don't fit in. And then there are people who've been bullied, you know, and so to stay away from people because they feel like they're going to be bullied so they stay away from people. Well, I used to be bullied when I was growing up, and eventually you learn that you, you. got to fight back. Well, I but guess that's you. well and, me and and, and right. all the people and I grew up with. We are all individuals, and some people, you know, they don't have the social structure around them to help them to navigate that world. Well, you know, I actually, I, 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 I'm, I just think it's going to sad state of affairs when humans, you know, will opt out to, uh, you know. Um, to stay by themselves. Well, no, no, to engage in the human experience with a doll. Well, yeah, I think that's a sad state of affairs. However, it, it happens. You know, just like people who stay at home and that's all they do is sit in front of their TV and watch um, football games on Sunday all day. Getting back to my summary of what you're saying, it's okay. Technology is okay as long as it adds to the human condition or helps the human well, condition. Well, I, 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 I'm a um, proponent of technology that is improving, um, that makes improvements in society. Yes. All right. So, I, but, so would would 30% of the labor force losing jobs or are you going to say oh yeah but you know jobs or you know there'll be more that jobs opening happened, up in, i mean from the beginning I know you're going of, to compare it to the industrial no, revolution exactly from the beginning of, there's a difference no though. it's not yes because it is not to those people you're going to tell me during that period of time it's a difference between that with those people than it is today yeah, what makes a difference because because you still need the humans to do the work you know what i mean i guess 
there's still going to be humans needed to do the work as we go forward. They will be used for some other reason. And it also points out to something that I've been saying for decades, that education does not stop at the end of the 12th grade when you finish high school or if you go on and, you know, get a bachelor's degree, master's, or even a Ph.D., you should always be learning. You should always be taking the time to improve yourself, looking around for problems that you can solve. And that's basically how lots of businesses get created because somebody saw a but, problem but, and they but cre- created in, a solution to that but, problem. But therein, Ruth, and, lies the, the problem because you won't need to solve the problem anymore because artificial intelligence is solving the problem. The machines who are learning are solving the problem. So what's the need for a human to solve a problem? There is no need. Well, that, I don't think that that is going to like be the end all and be all, right? I because don't know. Because right now there are people who are um, have, have businesses that they're creating things and um, – it's not something that they're necessarily, they're not using artificial intelligence right now. To, to yeah, right now. I right. mean, you know, I remember but, so as time twenty goes years on, ago, people will figure it out. That's all I'm no, saying. No, but see, that's you, no, because but humans, I don't think we can say that, Ruth, because in 1996 or so, someone made the point that oh, well, I'll tell you what, you know, the one thing they'll never be able to teach a computer how to drive. I don't know who said. Uh, it was documented. Um, I wish I, I should have, I should, because it was documented. You, well, know, you know what, lots uh, of people. Expert. Say, uh, right. Oh, you know. Right, all right. So people Computers are driving are not out. thinking. Did, they, no, this was an expert. No, I don't care if they're an expert. I, You know what, when the internet was first introduced to the masses in the mid-90s, I had a conversation because when I f- was doing Buster Forum initially, we were focused primarily on music. So... You know, I knew a number of people, a number of executives in the music industry, and I'm in the office with um, someone that I knew very well. And I said to him, I said, you know what, with, you know, with the Internet in a minute, people are going to be able to buy this music online, all right? Um, there won't be any need for record stores to sell the music because they'll be able to get it online. And he just kind of looked at me because why? Because the people looked at it and poo-pooed it and thought that it was just a fad, it'll go away. And um, and guess what? It didn't. Right. Those people were one of the first as an industry to start losing their jobs because they did not take the time to understand it and to figure out how can we make best use of this so that we could continue to, at least for nothing else, to keep our so, jobs. Now, here's, a, here's another interesting thing for you, right? <clears throat> so um, computer-generated music. Computer generated art. Mm-hmm. Should we should we evaluate that and hold that dear to heart the same way we would hu- music created by human art created by human? That's a personal choice, and oh, no, I mean for real Come because on. it's, it's computer generated music has been going on for a good while. Not and, not good and, music. Well, not real music. Right. And so people who say that don't buy it. But the people who grow up with that, they buy it. They have no they have no appreciation for real. I mean, so what does it mean to be all right, you know what the bottom line it comes down to, Ruth? <laughs> what does it mean to be human? I mean, technology seems to be taking us to it, a point it where it does Think no. about the caveman, okay? Back in the day, all right? 
So if they were to see that this was how man was going to evolve, I'm sure they then were saying, but no, it's still man got, evolving. But we're yeah. talking about we're talking about but the technology around. Oh, I'm walking but, through the forest. You mean to tell me now I'm going to be able to drive through the forest? There's going to be a road that's going to take me. I don't think I want that. No, okay, I'm sure there, people I think thought there's about a difference. That. I think that the, no, the analogy you're we, creating no limps. Like, so the, the, the reality you're creating limps, Ruth. Because no, it does not. It does. Because people are it, resistant to change. Ruth, no, it's, it has nothing to do with the resistance to change. Yes, I, it is. I do agree that people are resistant to change, but I think in this instance, I think what I'm resistant to is more of the human experience being the computer, whatever you want to call it, experience, the artificial intelligence experience, the non-human machine creating, that's the issue. To me, that's that's the issue. I mean... Well, for me, if it makes... If it takes me less time to do something than it would normally take, it, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. Well, you your know? music. So, so would you be okay with all your music was created by... A machine, you know, learning machine that, oh, this, these are the rhythms she liked. Da, da, da. So let me just throw some stuff together and put it together. If, would that turn you on? I mean, would that be the kind of music you want to listen to? Or is it, the, you know, the, 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 what's created by a human being? What, what, what does it mean to be human anymore? Well, you know what? See, the thing is that I probably, I have an appreciation of all music. Okay. So, so you probably wouldn't mind the I'm not saying that concerto of, you know, R2, R2D2. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet, so I don't know. But, you know, I mean, really, I mean, there are lots of people who only like one type of music. I didn't grow up that way. I grew up, you know, listening to all kinds of music. So I haven't All kinds of music that was created by human beings. Right. And, and then so now if you want to add music and, that's created by a computer or whatever. And some music that has been created by you know, some computer for the past 25 years or more, you know, some of that I like. I don't like all of it, but just like I don't like all of, you know, blues or jazz or, you know, classical music with Mozart and Tchaikovsky. And you don't like that? I do, but I'm not saying I like everything oh. that they've made. Well, I don't see it as that, you know, that's, that's not music to me. That's... Well, again, so it's a stuff. really a, a matter of taste. Yeah, but at least it's made by a human. But I, you know, I don't know, Joy, uh, Joyce. Um, I don't know, Ruth. It's it's um, it's it's really frightening times as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I can't sit back and say, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, it's just human evolving because it's not humans evolving. Yeah, it is. It's humans. No, it's humans creating. computers or whatever that are evolving. It's not the humans that are evolving. It's the the computers that are evolving. And they are evolving in a way that's making it more and more difficult to appreciate the human condition. But, well, you know, you know what? Here's, here's um, a, 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 I understand what you're saying. Um, and so don't take me wrong. I, I really do understand what you're saying. But right now, We've got like facial tech and facial recognition technology, okay? And there's probably somebody that balked at that. But now you're seeing with the police departments using it, they're picking up criminals in 24 hours, 12 hours. 
It doesn't even take the months or weeks to isn't find an, people. Isn't that an, an invasion of property, uh, private, privacy? Let me tell you something. Somebody said that when they started caller ID, you know, when <laughs> I was working for the mayor's office telecommunications policy, so we're evaluating whether or not New York Tel, at the time that's what it was called, New York Tel could have caller ID. Seriously? Because you're afraid of... The invasion, I mean, the, 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 the privacy issue. Well, caller ID is one thing, but facial recognition is something altogether different. Yeah, but that's another step. No, but no, no, no. My face. But the point is, when you're out in public, there is no such thing as privacy. That's the law. You have no right to privacy in the public. So I can go outside right now and just take pictures of everybody and put them up on my website and yeah. just... Because when you're outside, there is no expectation mm. of privacy. So if you go outside and you hit somebody upside the head, they fall down on the curb, you know, there are cameras everywhere, there's a camera that's picking that up, and the police gets a hold of that camera, you know, the, 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 the images. And within artificial intelligence and machine learning, <laughs> they're going to find you... I'm going to say in less than 10 minutes. Uh, see, why? Well, it makes sense now, you know, Michael Jackson having his kids wear masks. Maybe that's what I'll start doing. I don't know. Wearing a mask. But that's not going to help. No, it probably won't. But, you know, so, Ruth, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, at, when, at first I thought I was kind of, um, at first I was kind of um, optimistic about the future, you know, and technology. But now... I'm less so because, you know, all the avenues of creating a business, you've kind of, you know, led me to believe that really, why bother? I mean, you know, artificial intelligence is probably much more efe efficient um, in problem solving. Um, and so... But it's, it's not going to be the end all and be all. I mean, we're still going to need... What? People. To do what? Like, okay, you, you say you're um, um, a parent and you got small kids and you got to go to maybe work I'll, outside I'll buy, the home. Uh, I'll get one of those um, babysitting dolls. I mean, look, it, that, that, that is a possibility, right? Yeah, that is all right. a possibility. All right, so, all right, so I'll go get a babysitting doll. What else could, what else would I need? <laughs> you know, somebody to come in and cook. I'll get, you know, they'll probably have different versions. You know, they have the babysitting version. Or actually what they'll have is the... The, the the nanny version. Well, or you'll have freshly delivered the food for you, which uh, they do. Now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really scary almost. Now a different well, you know conversation. What it is? The unknown is always scary, and that's what makes people nervous. It's the unknown. Yeah, but the, I would agree with that. I think to me though, what makes this particularly scary is that we're introducing non-human elements into the development of humans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And 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 that that's that's what I find kind of scary. Mm -hmm. Really. You know, it's it's Well, it's, you know what? I'm sure that when the automobile was developed, there were people out there that were a little bit nervous about having a car take them from place to place as opposed to getting into a, a buggy with a horse pulling them from place to place now, I, with but, a person driving, the, you know, moving the horse to go forward and stopping them. But but the, the person is was still driving a car, 
right no, now but it was a machine now, it but, wasn't but now, a, it wasn't you know it's every time we take a a a, a big step towards something new People are always reticent about that big step. But what scares because me it's about the unknown, your position, not knowing Ruth, what's going to happen. What, what scares me about your position, Ruth, is that you're equating the tangential shift that we're making at this point in human development to the tangential shifts we made in the past, like the Industrial Revolution, the beginning of the Information Revolution. Well, I'm just basically right. comparing the conversations that we're having right now is the same type of conversations that people had back then. But but there's a difference. I mean, but they I had mean, no idea. I mean, people see this all this big but, hunk but, of steel but, but driving have, people but, around. But and we have an idea, though, right? We we we. I guess I'm wondering whether we should be able to kind of assess human development in a way that says, okay, it's human development, not machine development or not human development based on machine. I mean, the one thing I don't think we can do yet, and I, you know, I don't know, because these people, and that would be another conversation to think about or to talk about the motivation of the creators of this technology. But anyway. Um, it's always to solve a problem. But what's the problem they're trying to solve? See, doctor, uh, well, like, it gets okay, back like, to so let's think about a mythology. That, right. Okay, so you look at, and I know people may not like this example, but for instance, Amazon, all right? They're looking at how they can move product from one place to another to get to the consumer and um, the kinds of things that their consumers like to buy. So they're, they're using the technology to be able to understand what it is that you like. If you like this, you may like that too. So it's an opportunity to sell you things that you may not know that they have because you're not searching for it right now but because it's similar, now I will serve this up to this person, and perhaps maybe because they bought X, they're going to buy, you know, Y or X plus one, whatever. I don't know. I, you know and I, then also the ability to move it from one place to their warehouse to another to get it all out to market. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, that that I could see that, <coughs> but, you know, um, I, that's not at the level of, of automation that I'm it thinking is about. It is, because uh, basically um, it's been um, Amazon and Google and Microsoft, you know, um, and a couple other companies that have really pushed this whole area of machine learning and artificial intelligence. I mean, because when you're searching for something, it is because of machine learning and artificial, you know, particularly machine learning, that when you're doing a Google search, now you put in a start of the search term, and, and Google will serve up various permutations of that. Um, and you put in a sentence, and it'll be able to show you things that maybe this is what you're looking for. It's really getting so good that sometimes all you have to do is put in a word, and various things come up. 
because not only are you searching for it, there are other people searching for it as well. So it saves you time. You know, you don't have to sit and figure out, oh, well, should I say it this way or that way? No. It has learned from other people searching for things that when you put this word in, maybe you're searching for one of the things that other people have searched for. And it's, so it's, it's saving you time. And then you find right there, oh, okay, that's what I'm looking for. Click. And then you start reading. All right, well, maybe let me check this one out, you know? Oh, boy, you know, I don't know, Ruth. Um, I'm not as uh, sanguine, sanguine. I'm not as comfortable with where things are as you seem to be with this technology thing. As I said, you know. Well, you know, know, I kind of grew up with it, you know, so perhaps. You didn't grow up with uh, this artificial intelligence. No, but uh, I'm saying in terms of You grew up with technology, but, you know, the nature of the technology has changed dramatically. Oh, of course. And, you know, and I pay attention, you know, so I. It's frightening. Machines will be, machines are replacing humans. Machines were never intended to replace humans. Well, you know what, people were saying that, and then all of a sudden, um, they don't really care that machines have replaced people in Ford's manufacturing plants and building cars. Oh, I'm never going to buy a car that in person, the machine, comp- you know, manufactured. Well, I'll tell you one thing. But they're buying those cars. But I'll tell you one thing. The machines manufacturing those cars will never buy a car. <laughs> so you put people out of work, who's going to buy the cars? But now those See, pe- that's the thing. People, that's the but thing. see, the thing is, again, is what I'm saying is that people need to pay attention to what's going on around them and don't be complacent. Okay? So if you are working somewhere and you see that certain things are going to happen to your company because of these types of technologies or they're planning to merge with another one to acquire their technology or whatever reason, you're in a better position to protect yourself. But what happens is that people get a job, they go to work every day, and they think that they're going to have those jobs until they're ready to retire. It used to or be they that hope, way. Right, and it used to be that way. But that's not the world we live in. But, and, sh- but should it be the world we live in? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't be so comfortable no, living so, in that world. So you're much more comfortable in a world with artificial intelligence? No, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in a world that I know is going to change. It's not going to be stagnant. There will be, um, you know, different things that we may a not The world have. will change, but isn't, isn't, but isn't the, the nature of the change important? Not necessarily, I guess. Um, but the thing is, what I think is for me is that I'm paying attention. So I'm constantly thinking about how can I use this technology or whatever it is that's coming down to help me, all right? How can I use it to better me and therefore for me being better, it betters my family. And, and I tell you, I mean, even, I mean, I remember working in corporate and it's, it was amazing to me that how many people, all they did was just come to work every day. And I was working for AT&T at the time. Hmm. And they had no idea about what AT&T was doing to advance. And therefore, their jobs may not even be around because they weren't reading the trade press to know about their company. How do you work for some company and not knowing what they're coming? Because the, the, usually the company and talking to employees is the last 
thing that they do. You know, they'll talk to the media. Things are in the media, in the papers, and the, you know, magazines, the trade press. So you already know what's coming down the pipe if you're reading the trade press. But people who don't, then they're the ones who get blindsided because they're so complacent with what's going on right now that they don't take the time to understand the world around them. Wow. Well, uh, we're running out of time. I'd like to thank you, Ruth, for uh, showing up today and engaging in this very interesting conversation, sharing with us your insights on entrepreneurship and in the future of technology. Um, thanks so much for, for being here. Um, thank you. Um, kind of interesting uh, to note that I guess um, <clears throat> technology will be eliminating the oldest profession may be put out of business from due to technology, it seems. Not really. Because there's always going to be somebody who wants the human touch. I don't know. I don't know. Well, thanks so much, uh, Ruth. Um, I really appreciate you showing up today. Mm -hmm. Hope maybe you can come back again, maybe, you know, and share some more insights into... Uh, it, it, you got to come back because I really want to spend some time talking about what's the 411 and uh, sure. a little more about that. So, so um, you know, maybe over the next month or so, you might come back at, come back and uh, share with us some insights in the four about the 411, but also, you know, maybe talk about media and what's happening in the media world okay. um, and um, the effect of technology on media because, mm -hmm. I mean, it seems to, to – that's one industry where technology has really um, – had an impact and an effect. Right. But thanks so much. Um, you can check out What's the 411 Sports and Entertainment um, by going to? Well, you can check us out on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel for each show. Um, you can find us on, um, if you like podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play Music. You can find us on Stitcher. Um you can find us on TuneIn. <laughs> and we also have an Alexa Skills app. So if you have the Alexa from Amazon, you can ask Alexa to give you the West of 411's Skills app. Wow. Um, ubiquitous. Yeah. What's the 411? Ubiquitous. <laughs> well, thanks, Ruth. Hey, listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to The Conscious Capitalist. Um, is this me or am I a computer-generated image of me? <laughs> be good thank you for listening to the conscious capitalist presenting your world in dollars and cents until next time check us out at www.needtoknow.biz need to know n e